place it comfortably. Good evening, everyone. Um, I've decided to um, add a couple more readings to our sutra readings that we do. Um, and they come from Joko's last book, Ordinary Wonder. And I just want to have more of her, the, spit, the sort of flavour of her uh, teachings more in the readings. And there was one I was going to put in, but I like both of them, so I'll put two in, more the merrier. Um, but one of them is going to replace one that I've wanted to replace for some time, and that's the, the guest house. I don't feel like the wording of it really captures the spirit of our practice, and it, it comes from another tradition, um, but the wording of it, I've had, it's bothered me for a while. And um, one of the members in the Mel Melbourne group felt sort of very uh, challenged by it as well. And it, made, it prompted me um, that I would replace it with another one. I won't read you both of these new ones because um, uh, it'll be a bit too long, but I'll read you one of them. And it's titled Self-Centred Action and Life-Centred Action. Practice is never about not handling things, but always about how you handle them. If you're in a situation that's causing you a lot of suffering for your health, and safety, you may need to change it right away. You may need to establish boundaries so that you get some rest, some time to regroup. But if you have space, then it's better, from a practice standpoint, to focus on your own reactions to the situation. Then you begin to see the situation more clearly. One way to tell your practice is growing is that you no longer have hidden complaints. You may have ideas for ways of doing things, but you're not lamenting or dressing up your complaints. When we're lamenting, we usually either take unskillful action or even no action. You can leave, but you can take yourself with you just the same, unaltered. The other person remains the same, unaltered. Our basic vow in our practice is to do good. When you walk out, your situation just stays the same. If that's the case, you're going to meet it again. Believe me, if you haven't resolved something, life will just make sure you meet it again and again and again. Because our thoughts are our own position in the matter, if we aren't aware of them, the likelihood is that any action we do take will be self-centered, no matter how good it looks. With practice, if we can see the difference between our lament and the situation at hand, any action that we do take is more likely to be life-centred. We can't address change on a functional level unless we've dealt with our emotions first. Otherwise, we're trying to create change from a place of anger, and that doesn't work. Because with most complaints, no matter how you dress them, the other party senses your grievance, your anger, and your desire to fix things. It's very different from when you honestly experience your own emotions and then try to work together on something. There are always things that need to be looked at and possibly altered to find a better way to do it. But there doesn't need to be so much emotional attachment to the result. Change becomes more of an investigation, an exploration of the question how can we do this in a way that's less harmful? I just want to 
um, make a few comments on that. Um, I think it was last week I made that comment about um, the word um, sati in Buddhism means to stop. Actually, it's not correct. I got it wrong. It's kind of mean, mean. It's kind of in the ballpark of it, but it means that it's the act of mindfulness, which is to um, come back to the present moment. But what it involves, mindfulness does in meditation does involve stopping your habit energy or your impulse to just wander off anywhere um, or analyze whatever. And so it, it, it's it's very nature involves a stopping of the habit energy and a coming back in to the present moment and gathering in. And um, different words can be used to express the same um, process that's occurring. Like you can use the word stopping. A lot of people use the word pause. Um, Jack Cornfield uses the word the sacred pause. Doesn't have to be sacred, it can just be a pause. <laughs> um, I know in the Alexander work they call it inhibition. But there's, there's various ways of, of describing this process by which we move out of habit energy and out of, um, and we, we develop impulse control. Uh, and that's what we're doing in meditation. And what I want to say about it is that this. Um, skill of developing, of stopping, pausing, inhibition, whatever you want to call it, um, is a very underrated skill in our culture. And in some ways what we're doing is counter to what a lot of the, the suggestions or, or comments you have about handling your emotions or how you should live your life in, in our popular culture. Because a lot, a lot of our popular cultures well, if you've got emotions, you should express them, do you know, and you should have all these options. And, and uh, the idea of, of actually stopping and pausing and getting out of habit pattern is not really central to that message. Like, it implies, like, particularly the word inhibition, um, implies some kind of suppressing of emotion or not being yourself or not being true. Um, but the actual experience is, you're, you're all experienced meditators, the actual experience of stopping um, the habit energy, is, there's nothing suppressing in it at all. You know, it's not like you have an avoidance to it and you're making it, try, trying to make it go away because it's unpleasant. That's not the nature of it. It's just simply, I don't have to keep just sort of wandering off thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. I don't, I don't have to do it. Um, and I can, I can just put the brake on. And using the metaphor of a brake, like on a car, is, I think it's a very good metaphor to use here. Um, and you, if you drove a car around without brakes, well, we know what would happen. You know, you, you run into everything and you cause harm and so on. And that's what happens when we don't have any breaks on our thinking emotion patterns. It's like driving a car without without brakes. A car also comes with an accelerator and you need an accelerator. And um, our emotions are hardwired into our nervous system to drive us in certain directions. Like fear drives you to get to safety. 
Um, anger, when it's used skillfully, is to put in boundaries. Assert yourself, protect yourself, protect your family. Um, love brings us connection. You know, so they all motivate us in a, into movement of some kind. And to drive a car, you need an accelerator and a brake, not one or the other. But if the message is about just express your feelings and you should, you should just let it out and let it hang out, it's like you've got an accelerator and no brake about what you're doing. And it's a very common kind of um, um, ethos that people have around their own individuality and so on. And it links into um, the issue of what freedom means in Zen. Again, in popular culture, it's more like freedom means more and more options. It's what it is. I can do this or I've got lots of choices of things that I can do. But that's not what we mean by, by freedom in the same perspective. As Joko says in, in the second reading, um, is that, that freedom is, uh, freedom is the, um, freedom is the name of the game, freedom to be nothing, or freedom to be just the present moment. To just be with the way things are rather than caught up in some habit reaction to what's going on. So it's to be free from reaction, really, is what the practice is. And that's what she's saying, you know, when you do it over and over and over again in meditation and also in everyday life, the reactivity just seems to fade out. Maybe it still doesn't go away entirely. But that's what happens with practice. Your reactivity, emotional reactivity to different events occurring in your life just, just diminishes. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's, a, there's a great freedom to be had in that. And that's the kind of freedom we're talking about in Zen practice. I'll read you the last paragraph of her second one to finish off. You can't imagine the freedom to be your true self It's an absence, and you can't pick up an absence. You can only slowly just get to be that way. The longer we practice, the more we have a clue about how to slowly become free. Freedom is the name of the game, freedom to be nothing. It doesn't mean that you vanish or that you don't enjoy a good meal. It's not some spooky thing. It's an ordinary wonder. (laughs) 